Hey everybody, Michael and Abadesi are on a mini break this week, so we're going to give you a sneak peek into our Patreon exclusive from a few months ago. The stories are a bit older, but if you want an extra-ish early, make sure you sub to our Patreon. So let's do a quick follow-up on unionization. Union. This is a hot topic. This is a hot topic. You know what? More and more people are going to be thinking about, should I form a union? Especially if people get forced to come back to the office. Let's face it. <laughs> there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people right now who are like, I've seen, I've seen the light. I've seen the light of flexible working, remote working. Maybe they've relocated. Ain't nobody going to try to force them back into the office. Yeah. But no, of course, there's also so many other opportunities for collective action to play a role, whether that's closing the gender pay gap, closing the ethnicity pay gap, fighting for better rights for other underrepresented groups in the workplace, whether that's people with disabilities, parents, whatever, like I get it. And, you know, we just wanted to return to the story about the failed attempt for Amazon workers to unionize because, you know, this is something that quite frankly kind of boggled us a little bit. I mean, Mike, I know you had your thoughts on on why this was the case, but a really interesting piece has come out in the New York Times just a few days ago, actually talking about the fact that for some workers in the warehouse, minimum wage is more than they made in previous jobs. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to have to have some American listeners explain to me how someone can legally pay less than the minimum wage because here in the UK, that is illegal right? Like employers cannot legally, I'm not, maybe if it's like under the counter or something um, well, like that, but we, I thought that, that a minimum wage was, here, uh, if you, if, if right. you're like a, a delivery, what's the, you know, like on a ride sharing app, or if you're like a delivery yeah. on those people were earning less than minimum wage because they were freelancers, right? They weren't employees. I'm doing air quotes. So they were, when, when you calculate it, often they're earning less than minimum wage. So if you're not technically employee, you can be paid, uh, you know, pittance. You can? Yeah. Damn. And then also in America, there's up. also in America, there's a federal minimum wage and then there's a state minimum wage. So there's a, not a federal minimum wage right now or $15. It's not law, basically. So in a yeah. state like Alabama, I'm going to get my geography wrong, but if there's, Alabama is a state, right? Yeah. In a state like Alabama, let's say the federal min- the state minimum wage might be like $10 an hour, right? Then Amazon comes in and says, yeah. we're going to pay $15 an hour because that's meant to be quote unquote the living wage. So that's why Amazon's yeah. $15 is more than probably what they were getting at previous companies, if you wow. get what I'm saying. So the, the federal minimum okay, wage is so- not 15 yet. It's, people are fighting for it to be 15, but it's not 15 yet. Jeez. Okay. So, so the thing that I just get super frustrated about Okay, so just to finally, you know, recap the article, there's a gentleman, you know, Mr. Brooks, a young man, happy to be paid $15 an hour because he was a writer for a newspaper before and he was getting paid less than that. Another employee, Miss Carla Johnson, actually uh, had been diagnosed with cancer. And for her, the appeal of working at Amazon was that you get health insurance from day one because, as we all know, you ain't got no healthcare benefits in the U.S. unless you're employed and your employer gives it to you. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get it. Okay. I totally have compassion for those perspectives and those reasons for staying with the company. But I don't want us to look at this and kind of go like, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Maybe every cloud has a silver lining. We need to have a conversation about the fact that there are still so many people in what's supposed to be what one of the most economically empowered free countries in the world who are living below minimum wage and don't have access to basic healthcare. Like that is what to me is so frightening and so scary. And I mean, I get it. It's like a different country. It's a different culture. I've been in the UK a while now. So I'm used to a welfare state and I see the benefit of that welfare state. But I can't I just kind of came away from this article feeling a bit one cynical, but a bit like the Bezos PR machine at it again. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, sad, like honestly sad for humanity. Just last week, we were talking about, you know, Kim Kardashian joining the Billionaires Club. And it just made me sad that there are people that are like, oh, my God, I can get minimum wage. Praise the Lord. Like in America, Mm. in America. 
Wow. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that onto you. What do you think? What do you think, Mike? Um, Is this a good news story? No, of course not. Yeah, it's not a good news story. It, it, I think it makes me think that the change won't come from this sort of kind of bottom up change. Uh, it will come top down via legislation, whether that's, you know, healthcare mandated and the like. And I, like I said, I don't blame any of the people for voting. No, maybe I don't know what I would have voted. Totally. If I live in, a, in an area where there's not a lot of jobs and there's not a lot of opportunity, am I going to risk my job? You know, they say legally you can't be fired for joining a union, but you know, what I'm saying like, is that oh, really yeah. going to be like? Honored? I mean, legally you can't be fired for being black. Yeah, exactly. But hands up if that's happening to you. Well, you like, and you know, you can't up. get shot for being black as well. So yeah, we all know what the law exactly. is. You know, what I'm saying. So I think I don't blame nobody for voting no. Maybe I would have voted no because if I was, if this is my life where I'm like, yo, there's not a lot of alternatives, and actually, fifteen dollars in terms of like the cost of living in some of these rural states is actually quite good. Yeah, fifteen dollars in San Francisco yeah. and New York is the bare minimum. You can't survive without that, right? Or London, for example. But $15 somewhere where it's like not as populated not as kind of busy like that's a decent living mm. and people ain't trying to risk that they're not and true and, and, and healthcare from day one i mean that's appealing i'm not gonna lie yeah you know it wasn't just like a vote for like oh do we want a union it's like do you want to risk losing your healthcare? yeah absolutely and then also there's a and lot it's sad that people have to make decisions like that i don't know yeah and i think that's why i always was so flammoxed by the healthcare debate in the states in the sense that it would make people more likely to want to take more risks and become more entrepreneurial like if you care about being this bastion of entrepreneurship you'd want people to have the ability to take risks like me personally i'm not leaving my job in the uk for example to start a business if i lose my healthcare, why would i do that like that's insane like maybe if i'm younger but if i'm like in my 30s and 40s and 50s and i've got kids i'm looking after that don't make no sense so yeah anyways depressing story we'll put the article in the show notes uh it's a good piece by the new york yeah. times yeah so diddy this is a while ago actually he caught a bit of flack he did a open letter criticizing general motors for not spending enough of black media i think other media owners signed the letter and but obviously diddy owns revolt which is a large black media platform and he said listen general motors like you you know black americans give you billions of dollars every year but you're only spending a minuscule amount with black media do you know what i mean like you're not matching that those funds with, our, with our consumption right now some people are like Hashtag die black. yeah but some people don't like the fact that it's diddy and this is again like maybe the right message wrong messenger because essentially people people <laughs> consider diddy to be the kind of person who's like pro-black but it's always in his own service basically and that historically he has shagged a lot of musicians on the bad boy like taking their masters mm. not giving it back i don't know the details and i personally think it's probably hyped up and it's, it's difficult to be a black entrepreneur and there's a lot more scrutiny that you that you come under i personally feel and you don't have that same energy for that yeah. for other white entrepreneurs but so leaving that aside you know what do you think of the letter like is that a conversation that we need to be having now and it's like you know we should pre directly pressurizing companies and said yo how much money have you spent on black businesses like how much money are you putting back into the community i that's would love that i would love that i especially in the u.s you know i keep coming back to this like 3.8 percent figure of that wealth. we talked about in yeah. the previous show that black americans own 3.8 percent of the wealth in america like i just can't like i can't even sit on that thought too long without genuinely tearing up mm -hmm. because i just know the legacy and the history and the sacrifice that's been made by the black community so it does just break my heart to know that this injustice continues to exist and i think any initiative that accelerates the movement of capital to black americans should be 
explored. So this idea of, yeah, companies showing the receipts and being like, hey, every year we spend X percent on advertising services, let's say, like, you know, X percent of our revenue, however many tens or hundreds of millions, we now commit to spend at least, you know, 10%, 25% on black owned companies. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love yeah, to so see I that. Think they, I, would, I would literally quit my job, go work for the company that says that's amazing. They tried to have like a meeting with the CEO of GM, Byron Allen, mm. Ice Cube Diddy, and like she was ducking them for weeks. And that's when they decided to do the oh. open letter. Yeah, she was like, no, 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 busy, 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 busy. Don't be ducking no meetings yeah. from high profile black people. Yeah, listen, don't be doing nothing to people with platforms. That's the reality. That's for so better, stupid. For worse, for better or for worse, I don't think it's a great necessarily a great thing because sometimes I think people abuse that. But for better or for worse, if you're, if you're ducking somebody with a platform, just know within five minutes they can put you on blast to about 10 million people. Um, so be careful. Whoever is in like PR crisis management in that company must be like, God damn it, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> You let P. Diddy wait for a response? <laughs> <laughs> you left P. Diddy on red? Are you crazy? <laughs> you oh, fucked up. Every um, step you take. Yeah, for I'll real. Yeah, so just one last story then. I think I want to give a shout out to Vanessa Bryant. So that's Kobe Bryant's uh, widow. She basically has exited a deal that Kobe Bryant had with Nike or the Kobe Bryant estate now has with Nike. Primarily for two reasons. One, she said, listen, financially, it's not what he's what the other kind of equivalent you know basketball players are getting but two she didn't f with the fact that nike was purposely doing this whole limited release thing now if you're not a sneakerhead and i'm not one but i know a bit about it just as a kind of business nerd like they you know they do limited supplies of trainers and then young black kids are fucking going crazy trying to get like shit they probably can't afford and it's just it's it's, it's all based on hype like you know full well that you could release you know this could be in stock completely everywhere anywhere but you you artificially make it scarce and now kids are getting yeah. you know into beef over jordans whatever obviously i'm exaggerating slightly but it does this does happen yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, this yeah. does happen like people are, and at a very least people feel shitty about the fact they can't afford it and they can't get it do you know what i'm saying totally. so she's like listen i don't like this i don't i'm this is not what i stand for this is not what my husband stood for we're gonna go off and look for new partners that have a different model and kudos to her do you know what i'm saying like i think like enough people need to step back and be like not every dollar is a good dollar like you don't have to take it like you know Ooh. you know what i'm saying like it's not you know what I mean and yeah and I think Jordan has got a lot the power of, of walking away yeah just like you know if you don't agree with something walk away especially if you've already got some money already I'll never get people that have money but are still doing things against their kind of ethos like you don't need it no more you've got 10 million you've got 20 million do you need 100 million it's interesting on a separate topic about related I was listening to yeah. a podcast and they were talking about how you know like a firm so a firm is like Klarna it's like credit how, how do you describe a firm basically it's like Klarna it's a um, layaway. Yeah, it's like layaway. Kind of yeah, you know, like basically, like yeah, they give you buy now, pay later. Buy now, pay later. But for like really cheap e-commerce stuff. So like you want to buy something on Fashion Nova, it's $28. You can buy it in like four installments. And a lot of people are getting into debt over this stuff, right? And the reason why it's related is because the founder of that company was one of the co-founders of PayPal. He was already hood rich. He was already not even hood rich. This guy was rich by any definition. Oh. Yeah, like he was a, he's a billionaire. And I'm like, damn why like this company is probably a net negative i mean like if you've got the 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 ethos of don't hate the player hate the game anything goes in capitalism Mm. then fair enough but what was the point like i just i just don't get it like i mean if you've already got a billion dollars or a hundred million dollars why start a company like this i just because you can't say no (sighs) yeah that's the thing no one ever wants to say no we're coming right back to that conversation about people that taking job interviews taking side hustles monetizing every second they're awake when you reach that certain level everyone's going to want to come in and like invest in you be a co-founder with you do stuff with you it's hard to say no people want to stay busy you got kids your kids got kids or (laughs) i don't know you got hobbies (laughs) your hobbies got hobbies 
just, I don't know, like, let's face it, like capitalism is like literally just like infinite wants. Yeah. Adam Smith said it best, you know, infinite wants. That's it. Become, That's you, the human condition. You become addicted to winning because from what I underst- understand, he left PayPal and started like, a, what's the word? Like a lab where you do multiple companies. What's the word they, ha- they have it? What's that word where you have like... Incubator. Yeah, he started an incubator. Basically, it was his own ideas yeah. and he was going to like spin off loads of different products basically that he funds. And I think Affirm was the early one that was working. All the rest of them were not doing nothing. There was no traction. So he just Follow the traction and now Affirm is this giant billion dollar company, right? And I think it's an addiction to winning. When you're a successful entrepreneur, the last thing you want is a flop. So you're just like, if this is what the market wants, I'm going to give the market what it wants. Even though I just find it like so unethical. I just find it so unethical. Like I get credit is a good thing. I don't want to say poor people can't have credit. But when you're you're just encouraging people Mm. to buy shit they don't need, that's crap, like Fashion Nova stuff, and putting them in debt at the same time. (laughs) Nah, man, that's not me. Someone's going to be upset hearing that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I am I didn't come in to please. I'm just coming to give my perspective. I don't know. What's your thoughts? Damn, can I just say, by the way, like, okay, I'm just taking it on another tangent because I sent this tweet last week. You you just said Fashion Nova stuff was crap. And I know people that listen to the show that probably shop there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what I want to just call out is why everyone should be a bootstrapping founder. Like every single person should be a bootstrapping founder because I tweeted about this last week. I was just like, I want to sell some of my Bitcoin because, you know, same like you, I put like a tiny amount in 2017, 2018, took out what I put in, left the difference. That difference is like, I don't know, close to a thousand pounds or something which is just crazy because it's just free money for me yeah. so i was like i want to take some of this out buy something yeah. i just like buy, spent 500 pounds on like i don't know something but i can't do it mm. i can't pull the trigger why because that to me is literally like money i can put into my company like how much paid promotion could i put behind some ad campaigns with that how many hours worth of freelancer time can i pay for with that like once you're a bootstrapping founder you become so frugal Mm. Every price tag, every price tag is turned into runway. Luxury means nothing. Because I got some H&M stuff that I've been rocking for 10 years. Like, I know now. I know that I don't need to pay more to make things last. And it's just so funny hearing you say that because I was just like, look at us. Like, we're just, we're done now. Yeah, but, yeah, but like, I, We can't look back. I wasn't picking on Fashion Nova, by the way. That, like, it's anything that's like... <laughs> fast fashion or anything that is like just consumables that you're going to have I, I bought stuff from ASOS and fast fashion platforms but they don't last after one or two years they're, they're in the bin basically or they can, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying and it's like how much of that really added, uh, you know, added value to my life that's the point I'm making I'm not picking on Fashion Nova yeah you're right listen don't get twisted I mean we say like what you're describing isn't a bootstrap founder what you're describing is a capitalist that's what you are now <laughs> because like, and that's like what that's, that's the, yeah you are a capitalist that's the that's quintessential capitalist thinks I thought, I thought capitalists were materialistic no capitalists basically is somebody who constantly wants to reinvest their capital to grow their capital that's what a capitalist oh, is basically like yeah. a monopoly man yeah because what I always wanted to be that what distinguishes rich people from the olden times and rich people today is that rich people during like Henry VIII they wanted to sit around and just like have feasts and just like do sword fighting basically they were leisurely people mm. but in this day and age rich people <laughs> and capitalists all they want to do is just invest do you know what I'm saying? More, more times than not anyway. Mm. Maybe their their kids will sp- splash the money and ruin it, rich kids. But, you know, what mm. you're describing is an addiction to investment. You know what I'm saying? So I think when you have your, wow. your therapist, ask them about that one. <laughs> it's good to enjoy sometimes. You know? <laughs> enjoy the money, man. <laughs> I'm, not investing, I'm not investing in experiences. I'm investing in assets that create passive income. <laughs> <laughs> rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Man, do you know what's so sad about Rich Dad, Poor Dad is that everyone loves that book. Especially, like, I know so many black men that love Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but the author is so racist. God. The author is so racist like during the black no. during the black lives matter thing he was just like shoot these fuckers shoot them like during the he was like what? yeah he bruv, he was on some real like get get we need some law and order get rid of these people now basically and 
Rich Dad Poor Dad is a very there's a lot of conflicting opinions about it it's definitely a very low level book in terms of the insights it's going to give you but it's a good mindset book if you don't know nothing about investment if you don't know nothing about outside of just like spending money I don't think it's the worst book in the world to read but I just find it a shame that like mm. it's another example of like black people supporting something and pushing something up to the top and the person dislikes black people we need people. to vet these things yeah well we need to write a new version of that do you know what I'm saying someone needs to put that on his Wikipedia page people put that on his Wikipedia page because that needs to be there oh man we need to do like a Nigerian version of it. What's that? Rich uncle, poor uncle. Give me something, man. We need a, we need a version <laughs> of rich and poor dad. Rich yoga. Rich yoga, poor yoga. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's what it will be. All right, cool. All right, we'll leave it at that. Yeah.